start. I'll start. Hi, I'm Ducky. And I'm Andy. And we are coming to you on our very first podcast. Yeah, episode zero, um, which is great because we're kind of Generation Zero, which is where this podcast takes its title from, Generation X. But instead of just an X, it's an EX because we're X's and we have X's because we are in our 40s slash 50s. 40s slash 50s. All of Gen yeah. X is in their 40s slash 50s <laughs> at this point, right? So Yeah. But before you get uh, bored and switch away, we're going to be talking about fucking and dating and loving and losing and learning and laughing and all the crazy shit that goes on in the dating world because we are new little birds out in the dating landscape and it's a gazillion years different than what it was like when we were dating originally in the 80s and 90s. It's almost like we're aliens that got dropped on another planet. It is definitely a bazillion years away from what it was like in ye olden ye olden times before the dating app or the culture of I don't know poly and different kinds of partners and different and kinds of relationships. <laughs> right, you know, yeah. before they them and uh, everything. So yeah, back in the olden days, it was pretty much what you see in every rom-com, which is you meet somebody, you fall in love, you become exclusive, you move in together, you decide if you want to have kids, and there's drama around all these things. And then you get married and you have kids and you live heavily ever after, according to all the movies and the love songs. But we know now that isn't quite how it works out. It usually doesn't end there. It's hard. And uh, now coming out the other side of I've been divorced, you've been divorced, we're now dating. And uh, we thought it would be really fun to start chronicling our misadventures as a little bit of self-therapy. I'm doing it a little bit because I want to unpack what the fuck is happening. Um, but I thought it would be kind of fun for us to bounce these things off each other because we live in different cities. We have really different dating styles and dating goals. And so we thought it would be really fun to share this journey with listeners and see if there's other people out there who this resonates. And we're doing this, trying to be as real as possible, as honest as possible, which is why we have adopted these pseudonyms of Andy and Ducky. Some of our well, I don't know if they're our favorite, but they are protagonists in uh, the classic John Hughes film <laughs> pretty in pink but yeah we're trying to we're trying to keep it real so we're we're gonna we're gonna tell you all the raw stuff about feeling emotional upset you know breakups and what happens you know after you're divorced and then you start dating and there are breakups and dating and oh god like people seeing you naked for the first time or you seeing other people naked for the first time and all those like really awkward crazy things that now happen to us as older people in this in this strange land uh of of dating post 40. yeah it's a brave new world and so we're taking this maybe brave, maybe full-hearted step to uh, share this journey um, and invite you along for the ride. So we're going to be keeping it extremely real. And that's yeah why we have these pseudonyms, Andy and Ducky. So Ducky, let me ask, 
tell me a little bit about what your current dating situation is. So currently, I am not dating anyone seriously. I am going on a couple different dates with a couple different people, most of whom are kind of a like, this is like the first date I'm having with them. And of course, because that's COVID times, that's some kind of like distance date or like distance outside picnic or dog walk or those kind of things. Um, and and how, also, how fresh is your divorce? Like you've been divorced now. For oh, I've been divorced now for about a year. So, so it's pretty raw for me. Yeah. So I've been dating about six or nine months or so. During that time, I had one kind of long, long term, (laughs) long term girlfriend for about for about two months uh, last last summer and fall. Well, it's long term. It's been long term for the like nine months I've been dating. Most of most of my dating stuff has been like, oh, like a couple weeks or, you know, a weekend. And then like, you know, things kind of peter out or just ghost each other or someone ghosts me. Like I've had a lot of first dates where it's like, that's all I have. You know, I've probably gone on. Geez, I don't know. 30 first dates in the last oh year, you know, ish, you know, the last nine, I mean, like the last nine months or so. So, yeah, crazy. Um, and, like, who knows that to you? Because that's a lot. That's a lot of dates in a time when a lot of people are having trouble making any connections at all. So just to uh, set everyone in the context of where we are at the pandemic, we're recording this today in uh early no i guess it's now it's mid-february mid-february of 2021 which means we've basically been in quarantine covid reality for over a year now so or almost a year almost a year i guess it'll be a year for me when it really like oh you have to start working from home and like not going out and seeing people that happened like the first week of march for me so um i guess we're one week away from the one year anniversary so now Everybody's like, okay, we're going to be figuring out how to date in pandemic. It's not like news anymore that we still have physical needs. But 30 date, 30 first dates this year is, is impressive because a lot of people are having trouble meeting anybody. So good on you. Yeah. I mean, some of it is definitely that, you know, you're, you're definitely doing stuff where you're dating from, a, I mean, a lot of those dates were video dates, you know, right? They were like, hey, let's meet and just have cocktails in our houses far away. That's all that, that's all there ever was, was a single like cocktail date, you know? In fact, I'd probably say this, like, I've had probably 10 of those where like, you had the video date and that was it, which in some ways is effing great. Cause it's like, okay, well, I didn't have to spend money didn't have to go to a bar didn't you know like didn't have to put on pants i mean uh actually i I mean i use i usually put i usually put on pants i usually dress pretty nice you get dressed up i put on a nice shirt and stuff like that yeah sometimes i'll be in i'll be in my nice sweatpants or something underneath but yeah from from the waist up I'm, i'm very presentable like i'll shave and like trim my nose hair and that kind of stuff so um you know the important stuff shave Trim your nose hair, ear hair, all that kind of jazz. So I've had all these first dates and, you know, a lot of like kind of brief romantic interests. I also am in what the kids these days are calling a situationship. 
with this yeah, I've woman never heard of situationship. What is this? The, the uh, situationship is where it's not quite a relationship. It's more of like, I don't know, you like, I mean, you're definitely not boyfriend, girlfriend. You're definitely, you're not like friends with benefits. It's kind of somewhere in between those two. Like we hang out and do some stuff and occasionally we sleep together, but it's not like we're not we're not dating really because she is fairly recently separated herself. Um, I'm going to call her Claire for the purpose of this discussion. So yeah, so Claire is is you know even more recently departed from her spouse than I am. So she's still just figuring stuff out, and so I'm still just figuring stuff out. So we have this situationship where you know occasionally we uh, we do stuff together. Um, and so that's, that's kind of my romantic landscape right now. It's, it's fairly simple compared to yours, as I understand, Andy, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you explain that. Sure. Well, I do have kind of a more complex, I guess, um, certainly it's a more complex Google, Google calendar for me (laughs) after my divorce, which was, uh, Now, three and a half years ago, I was like, ugh, I'm kind of done with dudes. I just can't. So the crumbling of my marriage happened against the backdrop of the Trump presidency. And the gaslighting that I saw Trump doing to to Hillary, like, during the debates and like kind of to the general public and media, I felt in my own life and my marriage and I came out of my divorce just like I'm, I can't date guys like I just the bullshit of uh, I can't just have another cis white dude in my life. I just can't. And so I started trying to date women and that failed pretty spectacularly because I guess I present straight. So I went to a bunch of like gay clubs with a friend of mine who's bi and all the signals that I was putting out that like work like a charm on guys just did not read in the gay community at all. So I wasn't getting any kind of action or any kind of play. And then I thought, well, maybe I could date a couple because I know what I'm doing with a guy and he'll be there to sort of help me figure out her. And if I pick a couple where I'm mostly attracted to the woman, like this could work out great. Um, and so I, I found a couple uh, and I started dating them and it was actually going pretty well. Turns out that he was a secret alcoholic. They ended up breaking up. And that was my first experience really with a woman. And I was like, okay, I, I actually do like that. But I also really like being with guys too. I don't know what I'd call myself, you know, it's like bi, pan, homo, whatever. It's like whatever sexual, I'm sexual. <laughs> so I don't really, I don't Hetero, really give a shit about it. flexible as the, as the, yeah, as that's, the say. that's actually what I put on my dating profiles is heteroflexible because I tend to, like right now, I have two boyfriends. So I also now identify as uh, Polly. But the practice of that right now, because of pandemic, is, is actually very much like a traditional monogamy relationship because I only see one of them. The other one is living with his other girlfriend and his parents because of quarantine, and they live a little bit farther away. So I haven't seen 
I haven't seen Blaine. I'm going to call him Blaine uh, since before Thanksgiving. And I've seen the other boyfriend, uh, which I'm going to call Brad, pretty much every weekend. I work during the weeks and then we like hang out usually at his place over the weekend. And it's great. It's working out fine. They know about each other. There was a there was a time actually where all four of us were quarantined, me, Brad, Blaine, and uh, Blaine's other girlfriend, uh, and it was beautiful and wonderful. But it also, you know, we kind of after a while it got a little sticky. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in, in all the ways, in all the ways, good ways and bad ways. But ultimately, it's just hard to like have four people living together. It's hard to find a partner that you can one partner that you can live comfortably with on a day-to-day basis, let alone four. So now Blaine and his other partner are basically crashing at his parents' house, writing this out um, and looking for another place. But, you know, yeah, it's complicated. I also still am interested in some female energy. So I've been chatting with this woman who I matched with kind of randomly when I was up uh, north for the holidays with my boyfriend, Brad. And uh, she and I have hit it off pretty well, but I've never met her in person. But we have a very cute little romantic crush on each other where we're like sending me songs and like, you know, I sent I sent her chocolates for Valentine's Day. <laughs> but I haven't I haven't actually kissed her or I don't even know if I like how she smells. So I don't know if that, I would count that as a real relationship, but like a, a fun flirtation for now. Yeah. So my that's my situation. And I I feel like Polly is definitely the way for me because I, it's not that I don't want to necessarily be committed. I actually really like commitment, but I also like the freedom to form connections organically. I mean, you probably experienced this when you were married, where you felt a connection with a person and you couldn't explore it without making your partner uncomfortable or unhappy. And if you explored it to the point where you ended up sleeping with that person, it would probably be a deal breaker in your marriage. But I I feel like there's a lot of personal growth that can come from exploring these connections with people, for me at least. And I know that I'm capable of loving more than one person at a time. So it works for me. Do you consider yourself, I guess the term is open poly, where you have no, there's no like hierarchy or I guess, is it open or or single poly or something like that, where you kind of have a flat hierarchy where you don't have like a primary and a secondary or that kind of stuff? Yeah. Okay. So I don't have a hierarchy. So like I said, right now in practice, I spend all my weekends with Brad and I haven't seen Blaine since before Thanksgiving, although we talked yesterday. But I don't consider Brad my primary partner, and nor does he consider me his primary partner. We all practice something called relationship anarchy, where each relationship decides for itself, and it, and it's an ongoing conversation of what are we, and it can be different day to day, and that that might feel scary for some people. Like you know, a lot of people feel like they got to lock it in. <laughs> But I I kind of like the freedom of not having to lock it in. And I also like knowing that when somebody is with me and spending time with me, it's not because they feel obligated. It's because they want to. So Mm. I really like the freedom and flat hierarchy. There is not there's not a hierarchy or rather, I will say if there's any hierarchy at all, my primary partner really is me. And that's a new thing for me because I've always 
um, put like when I was married, oh my God, I was like bending over backwards to try to convince this person of how important they were to me and doing things that I didn't want to do on a regular basis and like going to events that I could give two shits about and getting really into his hobbies and like hanging with his friends and like trying really, really hard to like make him feel loved and cared for and prioritized and still being criticized that I wasn't prioritizing him enough. So this for me is me saying I'm claiming, I'm claiming back my time and I'm my primary <laughs> partner. And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to get better at actually like just like self-love and self-care and putting myself first. Cause that's new for me. Yeah, I think anyone coming out of a long-term relationship with with someone, you know, you're, I mean, I know for myself, this past year has been a lot of untangling, like, what is me? And what was my ex preferences or and everything from like food to like activities to sex to you name it, you know, it's like, okay, well, what are the things that, that I enjoy? What are the things that I like? You know, who, who am I after this long relationship and really trying to like separate those things um, to the point where, you know, I'm doing like very tiny things be, that I, like, I know that my ex would not like or would, or would not enjoy, you know, just because I can't like little what? things. Oh, like, like little dumb things. Like, you know, my, my ex uh, never liked succulents. So like, I have a whole bunch of like succulent plants here in my apartment. And so it's just like, well, you know, I mean, to be fair, you know, she she likes, you know, flowering plants and other kinds. And I think she grew up in a place where it was mostly succulents. And so she prefers like more vibrant, lush stuff, I, you know. But, you know, that, again, I don't have to defend her anymore. She's She's my ex. <laughs> This is her, that's her preference. That's fine. My preference is, you know, I like succulents. I think that they're cute and weird. Uh, so I'm growing about, I just got three new ones when I was out with, uh, out with Claire the other day. So, um, okay. so now I, it's so nice. Yeah. So another but, interesting fact about mm-hmm. us, even though we're trying to keep our identities secret, is that we both spend time professionally in the design world. Yeah, that, right. We, we can yeah. probably say um, that. So I think one of the things that is going to be interesting is that we can bring not just our perspective, um, you know, as people in the dating world who've seen some shit and like learned some lessons, but also our perspective as designers and bringing some thinking from the design world, like the paradox of choice, which is a big deal now that like you can just swipe to the next one, you know and something's better always around the next, you know, corner of an app Um, or things like, um, you know, the, the fail fast mentality. I think a lot of the topics that we've identified coming up are going to be sort of enriched by the fact that not only are we single and have gone through some shit, but also that we are designers. And that's certainly going to be a factor when we um, do a segment each week on rating a dating app. Um, So we're going to unpack different dating apps that we've tried, uh, dating apps, dating services, dating stuff. And we're going to um, pick them apart and talk about their pros and cons as, as, uh, 
dating uh, aficionados or dating uh, enthusiasts, but also as uh, dating designers. connoisseurs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are we at this point? Yes. I don't know. We're 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 slaves, we're figuring it out. slaves to dating. Yeah. So. Right. So I think this show is going to be really interesting, not just for people who happen to be in the same age group, but for anybody who is trying to figure out, like, what does it even mean to be dating? Um, how do I unsuck my dating profiles so I can get more action? Um, how can I maybe go outside of the boundaries that I've put for myself and say, could I try dating women? Could I try being poly? Um, that's not for everybody, but I think a lot of people have curiosity about it. We're going to talk about, well, sex is going to come up a lot. And of course, sex and love and dating during COVID times. So there's going to be a lot to unpack together. I think it's going to be a, a fun journey with interesting uh, topics down the road as well. Yeah. And at the end of each episode, we'll give a quick uh, dating do's and don'ts or uh, our, our quick latest rant about something that we've seen or experienced or uh, how to make, how to make your dating life better. So look, look for that at the, at the end, at the end of each episode. <laughs> Okay, so why don't we, now that we've talked a little bit about who we are and why the fuck we're doing this, let's go into today's topic, which is what does it mean to be dating? Ducky, I'm going to let you take a first crack at this. I guess the general premise of dating in 2021 is to look for people that you may be compatible with. And I guess well, how, the wait, question, wait, wait, how is wait, that different wait. than any dating? How's it different from dating like in the past? Yeah. I mean, I mean, weren't we always looking for somebody we were compatible with? This is true. This is true. We were always doing that. But I think the nature of it now is that it is in the past it is was a more serial process, at least for straight this heteronormative folks it was like oh you date one you're you went on a date with one person oh that doesn't work that well okay we stopped dating and then we it's the next person the next person and it's kind of this like serial chain of people until you find someone now it feels like it is like hey i'm i i date a network of people where I'm seeing different kinds of compatibility. And maybe in one place it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm really compatible with this person in this area and we'd like to do this thing together. Or, hey, this person I'm really great with, but we, you know, we're not romantically attracted to each other. Or So I think it's, it's like a process of looking, um, I don't know, trying to find people with different compatibilities. I mean, ideally for a lot of people, that's like, hey, can I find all those things in one person, which was the traditional kind of method of doing it, which, you know, if, if I'm honest with myself, that's certainly something that I'm still looking for is, you know, at a certain sense, like, oh, man, I'd love to find someone with a lot of shared interests and, you know, and that we have, you know, great sex and, you know, can tolerate each other and have really good chemistry. I think we should talk about chemistry in a future episode sidebar, just because talking about texting that woman and it's like, man, I've had some amazing like text conversations with people. And then I meet them and it's like, just like nothing like, like, ugh, oh, just, we you know. have a whole episode on texting too. Oh my gosh. We yeah. should definitely uh, have a whole episode on maybe, maybe they're two different episodes, but um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, 
dating is like i don't know it's it's like a pastime or something like that too like um i mean the apps have made it so strange now and so like easy to to do this activity where you're you know hey i'm at home on my couch and here's 50 different women that you can look at and judge and you know and i say women just for my own thing because that's that's what i'm looking for as a heteronormative cis man i don't know so so it's it's this weird combination of like you know hunting and gathering and and like an activity and a and a pastime and and we could talk about how you know in in the past this was i mean you already did where this was all about like finding a partner for like love and marriage and children and now you know especially at our age those things are just not not necessarily relevant like i know i'm not looking for someone to have kids with i don't even know if i'm looking that for someone to get married with i just don't know if that would be something in my future or if i or if that's even desirable for me i don't know like having had like love of my life crash against the rock of time like i don't know if that's even a a desirable uh, goal to even have any. Yeah, I, I would say I'm definitely not looking to ever get married again. Even if I find somebody I want to spend every single day for the rest of my life with, I would never ever get married because holy smokes, what a dumb legal contract that you sign without <laughs> understanding what it is. I think marriage is like a vestige of the patriarchy that I would love to see end. You know, it's funny because like, for, for LGBTQ rights, you know, the Marriage Equality Act, in order for, for gay people to get acceptance, they kind of pushed for the, the white picket fence, you know, get married and, you know, adopt a baby, kind of like the, the closest to like heteronormative goal bliss in order to, to gain acceptance and to gain that legal equality. And I'm all for it. But I I kind of wish instead that we could have looked to what was happening in the gay community and said, like, let's think about what domestic partnerships are. And maybe when you decide to set up house together, you create a domestic partnership and you create your own little contract of what that means emotionally and financially and create that for yourself rather than just using the it's almost like going to like the the like, what is the Thing where you can buy contracts, legal Zoom. It's like everybody just grabs the shitty legal Zoom, you know, marriage template and uses that instead of writing their own contract of what this partnership is going to mean and how it's going to unwind if, in fact, it, it it does end, which you know most of them do. So it's a bummer to me that we we haven't borrowed actually from the LGBTQ community a little bit more. I'd love to see that happen. And I think as more people are starting to date in this polyamorous fashion, where it's like, I might be dating multiple people all at the same time now, rather than serialized, like you were mentioning, maybe people will will also become more familiar and comfortable with being poly in their relationships once their relationships start forming because they're going to find, oh, I do have a beautiful connection with this person who likes to go snorkeling with me. And I have this beautiful connection with this person who, you know, we like to like lay around and listen to poetry all day together. And I want both of those things. And if these two people can be cool with me spending time with this person and this person in intimate ways, everybody wins. So yeah, for me, 
that can be a big hurdle for people though. Like, you know, it's, it, I mean, oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're jumping over a couple different things. You're jumping over like the cultural hurdles. You're jumping over, you know, for some people it's like personal hur- hurdles, like, you know, like, Oh, you know, are people just wired for, you know, are some people just wired for monogamy and some wired for, for poly. And we could talk about that probably oh, endlessly. And, but I but I also think there's another there's another model too. Like I mean, when you set up a business, you and the the other business partners basically create the operating rules, and that's kind you know, and that and that's a, should be a similar thing where you could say like, hey, we will reevaluate these rules once a year, and you know, we will have a formal you know marriage meeting, and here's what we determine what we do and and how we do it and. Yeah. Those kinds of things. I, used to, I mean, I used to joke when I was married. I was telling my husband, marriage is broken. It should be designed to be a five-year contract, and every five years, you can come together and say, "Do we want to re-up or not?" And if you dissolve it, you dissolve it, and everybody like you know picks up their toys and goes home, and you could decide to re-up. And I thought, if if we had that, I think more people would be committed to the hygiene and health of their relationship rather than sort of letting letting you know yourselves get into like these grooves that like drag on for decades that where you're not happy you're not you're not happy you're not making your partner happy and you're kind of stuck but i think if we had these like natural break re-up moments people would be more like oh well let's evaluate what what do i want to work on or do i do i want to continue investing in this partnership right i mean i think i think what you're describing naturally happens anyway or at least it did in my marriage where we kind of had a bunch of breaking points and we kind of decided like together like like okay are we gonna keep are we gonna keep moving forward you know in this marriage and then you kind of basically you have to create a new marriage Mm -hmm. out of that now you have to have some self-awareness and usually some therapy and you know and and the the desire to do all that we had the breaking points we had the talking through it i'm talking about a contractual obligation yeah cause um but getting back to the topic of like what dating means, <laughs> uh, I think dating right now means a combination of boredom relief, like swiping to just swipe and then making connections and seeing what happens with those. And that's th- th- there's that end of the spectrum. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is a person who's looking for a, a partner and that partner can be a partner for sex or that partner can be a partner for having children and, and building a life together. So I, I would say even, even the people who are looking for just a one night stand, they're really looking for something. And then there's these people over here who are kind of casually just browsing because they're, they're, it's just something to do. And I would say right now, when I, when I think of like pick, opening up a dating app, I'm not really swiping right now because I'm kind of polysaturated. But if I were to open up the app because it's like pinging me with notifications and I respond to it like a little mouse with cheese, I'd probably just swipe to swipe. I'm not looking for anything, but there are mm. people who are. And so I think, you know, recognizing where you are on that spectrum is just as important as understanding, you know, are you looking for a one night stand or are you looking for a partner? Uh, for for more than just sex. And I think that people who are looking for something have more in common, whether whether it's for one night or for a lifetime, they have more in common with the way that they swipe with intention than than the folks who like, like myself right now 
I'm not swiping with any intention. I have no intentions whatsoever. I'm just kind of curious and, you know, I got a notification and I, I opened up the app and, oh, you're cute. That's it. It's like browsing but, versus browsing, browsing a department store versus like going in to find, you know, I need a new pair of shoes. Totally. Totally. Now, if I swiped on somebody and like, you know, they hit me with some mind blowing, clever opener, which we can get into at some other time. Actually, we're going to talk about openers today. And we started talking and, you know, I started feeling a connection. I'm open to that. It's just not something I'm looking for. Hmm. So right now you and I are on very different ends of the spectrum where it's like you're swiping with intention and I'm swiping with basically passing curiosity. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like it's quite so binary. Like I feel like, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, and I feel like sometimes my intention will shift and change, you know, based like, like I will see someone I'm like, oh, wow, this person seems really interesting. I would really, I would be super interested in spending time with this person. And sometimes it's like, oh my God, this person's super hot. I would love to sleep with this person. Like, you know, and so sometimes it changes like in the middle and sometimes it's just like, yeah, like, you know, sometimes you're like, hey, what's, I don't know. I guess I don't spend a lot of time just kind of like idly browsing. I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I definitely do. It's like you want to see, it, it is kind of like, you know, like wandering the mall and like looking for, you know, like, oh, wow, there's, there's something interesting. I, you know, but I don't know. I feel like if I was like doing that and then swiping right on people, like, I feel like I would be like wasting their time. Like, oh, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not really, it's like, I feel like if I'm like, even if I'm just interested in you, sex i'm at least interested in like like i have i have like a goal and a motivation in mind versus like oh yeah you seem to you seem cool like you know i'll, I'll swipe right at you well, that's so. what i'm saying like i think people who are interested just in sex have more in common with people who are looking for a partner than they do with people who are just swiping out of boredom Probably. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. But I think that, I don't know, I mean, at least my uh, my read from the dating apps is that, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, you came on to me like someone who was interested in a long-term relationship and really you just wanted sex or vice versa. So, oh, um, yeah. well, I mean, I think a couple of things. It's, it's important to tune your profile to catch the kind of fish that you want to catch. And it's also important to be using the right, uh, right app to get the right kind of, I think, you know, it's like the right app is sort of like going to the right fishing hole and, uh, your profile is like your lure. I don't even fish, but I feel like that's a fucking perfect metaphor. <laughs> well, I think we should, we should get into this on the like dating app, uh, episode, but I don't, I think that the line is a lot blurrier now. Like I, I see people on, you know, Tinder, which is traditionally like, Hey, I'm, you know, DTF down to fuck. Uh-huh. But people in there, like I'm looking for monogamous long-term relationship. I'm looking for something, you know, or I'm looking for something real. And I kind of want to be like, you're, you're a little on the wrong app here. Like, you know, That's maybe saying. like, it's not like you don't see that. I just think those people are in the wrong spot that like it's fine if you want to you know go to forever 21 and buy a ball gown but right 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 but yeah but places to find a ball gown you know what i'm saying <laughs> i don't know I, I i do agree that it feels like i you know i quote unquote catch different people on different apps uh-huh. even though my profile is not 
particularly tailored to specific apps. Like there, you know, there's, I, I have a fairly consistent profile across all of them. I mean, the reason that I'm on multiples is just because there are certain people that like, they only know Tinder and that's the only one that they're on, or they only have heard of, you know, Bumble, or they've only heard of whatever. Um, So I'm trying to just be where, you know, as a man trying to get like, you know, dangle my lure in front of, you know, as many fish as possible. I mean, so that's why I'm on all the different apps, you know, and I start, and I do see a lot of the same people on different apps too. Like, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. you on this. So, but yeah, yeah I don't, we'll have a hard where we get into yeah. apps, like un- unpack the, like which ones are good for which. Or, but wait, wait, oh. wait, before, before we move on. But, okay. So what, so what are the, what is, you know, for your style of dating, what are the, what are the apps that are, that are your go-to? I've had really great luck with an app called Field, F-E-E-L-D, like feel, like playing the field. Um, This is an app with an interesting history. It used to be called Thrinder, and it was for people looking for threesomes. Now it's an app that's for people who are non-traditional looking for something non-traditional. This is not where you go to find a, uh, you know, husband. (laughs) However... (laughs) Both of my long-term boyfriends, and when I say long-term, I mean two years and one year, both came from field. However, when I swiped on them, it was because, it, well, the first one was uh, under the pretext of maybe meeting up with him and his then-girlfriend for a threesome. And the second one was connect uh, connecting with the second one and his girlfriend to have a foursome with me and the other boyfriend. So it started with really like wild intentions, and then it ended up becoming two pretty like standard boy meets girl relationships. And the only thing, you know, unusual about them is that they're happening concurrently. Uh, so yes, it's possible to find whatever anywhere because you never know where lightning's going to strike. But I like Field because it has a wide variety of gender designations besides just male, female, and trans. It has, a, a, I think it's got like two-spirit and intersex and like lots and lots of gender designations. And then also lots of different things that you can be searching for and you can be searching for them at the same time. So I can say, I'm interested in men. I'm interested in men and women. I'm interested in women and women. And I'm interested in uh, trans non-binary. And I can find, I, I can have all of those different flavors of potties show up in my swipeable feed. Um, and then I can change that all the time. So like, eh, today I'm only interested in ladies. Today I only want uh, a guy and a girl. You know, I, I find I find that really refreshing and not not so constraining. When I have been on Hinge and Bumble, sometimes I've seen the same people and they show up really differently on Hinge and Bumble. They're the very like, I'm looking for a, a girlfriend who I can, you know, spoil and i'm just like really because over here there's a picture of you and your girlfriend like tied up and doing all kinds of crazy shit looking for a unicorn and the reality is is people have a lot of of facets to them and so you know i'm fine with that i just like the transparency of those facets that i see on field so that's kind of my go-to i feel like field yeah. and like i don't know e-harmony are like the two are like kind of the two kind of op like 
like you don't no one is going to eHarmony to to get a threesome you know like they're going to <laughs> you know <laughs> you can use that in your advertising uh eHarmony uh, I mean no one's I mean there are people who go there I think are looking for like you know a very traditional long-term monogamous match for marriage and feel this but I, I I don't know it feels like everything else is kind of a a wash in between the various degrees. And, you know, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, like I have friends who swear by hinge. I have friends who swear by Bumble. Almost everybody I know has a love hate relationship with Tinder. And I know people who've gotten married through Tinder. And I know many, many more who've had some great sex through Tinder. I've never downloaded Tinder, but it's not because I'm anti great sex. It's just, I guess I was finding what I needed through field instead. Yeah, I haven't had much luck with Tinder, I'll be honest, but maybe it's because I'm presenting wrong there, or maybe I'm not, you know, uh, you know, I need to unbutton more buttons on my shirt or something. I need to take the, I need to take that shirtless bathroom selfie that, uh, oh God, God. (laughs) we're going to have a whole show just about how to unsuck your Tinder and your, your dating profile on whatever app you're on. And we're going to, we're going to do this, um, for the spectrum of genders, because there's some crazy shit that women do when they're like trying to create their straps for other women. There's crazy shit that people do thinking that it looks good, that it's hot. And oh my gosh, those are such just like absolute immediate no's for me. So we're going to talk about oh my God. all that. that. Um, we're also going to talk about like ways to utilize different dating apps in different ways. Um, But today we're going to have a section called uh, Better Living Through Technology. And in this section, we're always going to review some kind of dating technology. And today's app is or should we say it's Bumble. (laughs) Yay, Bumble. Bumble just just IPO'd recently. So it's in the news. It's hot. I did not own stock in Bumble. I have given Bumble a lot of money over the last uh, nine months. So their stock price, you could say, is built off the backs of poor saps like myself. Okay, who are desperate to woman, see what their what their beeline is. Okay, I was going to ask, what do you pay for in Bumble? Because I've never spent any money on Bumble. Mm, what do you get? What do you what do you spend each month, and what do you get for that money? On Bumble in particular, yeah. or ah, geez, I can't. I, I'm like premium on Bumble or something like that. I'm premium on on, the, on like I think like three different apps or something like that. But on Bumble, I think as a man, if you don't pay, you don't see who likes you at all. You get like zero feet. You could see that someone has liked you, but you can't see their picture. You can't see anything about it, and so. You're at the complete mercy of swiping until you hit them or not. As someone who is like, I I don't know, like that drove me crazy. So I was like, okay, fine, you win. Take my money. So I think you get that. I think you might get, I forget if you get like any like extra like super swipes or shit like that. I forget. So that's what I paid for. Um, it's, it's like 40 bucks a month or something like that. It's, it starts to add up over time, but then again, you know, I probably pay 40 bucks for different television channels and that's not getting me laid. So, I mean, uh, it kind of is worth it, I suppose. (laughs) 
So let's talk about the let's talk about the interaction uh, in Bumble because it's different than other apps in that it puts the onus on the woman to make the first move. Now I have talked to a lot of women who hate that because they don't like making the first move and it feels like a ton of pressure to always be the one who has to make the first move. And I get the intention of it because women just get bombarded on dating apps, but uh, I wonder, you know, what your thoughts are as, as a guy on the other end, what do you think about that interaction model? I mean, I kind of love it because it, it does take the onus off me because I feel, I mean, in most apps, this kind of weird power dynamic that's going on. And I think Bumble does just kind of make that explicit where like, hey, you know, the the woman will select you because in most, as you were saying, in, in most apps, like women are just bombarded with stuff. And with men, it's just like throwing stuff out there in the hope that someone will connect with you. Like, I mean, it's just so different. The one thing about Bumble, like the interaction model that sucks is all is is that you get this like 24 hour time period and that's it. Like if I like you, you have to respond like almost instantly. Like, you know, you know, oh. what if you're what if you're away for a couple of days or something like that? That's kind of crappy. And then I just um, got on the love of my life because I was like not right. able to respond for 24 hours. Exactly. You were, you were busy. Yeah. With one of your other boyfriends with the, uh, with Blaine or Brad, you know? Um, <laughs> so, so that, that part of it is not, is not great, but I, I definitely do. I mean, it saves me at least from having to come up with the intro line. I mean, but yeah, but then it puts the onus on women to do that. And so you never get the chance to no, know. I feel like my odds are better when I can, when I have some agency to like reach out and, and be the one crafting the, uh, the, the, the cute opening line. Um, it also makes my, I mean, like I spend way less time on bubble because, because I don't have to write all those, you know, things like I spend like a lot of time trying to craft that simple two liner that's going to be interesting and not dumb. And yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that in our next segment, but, uh, but you're saying like women don't like it or a lot of my friends don't like it because it puts a lot of pressure on them. They don't like the, the, that they always have to come up with something clever to say on the, on the opening gate. And I'm like, honestly, you don't have to say anything clever. Just say something to get the party started. Like totally. Like these guys already swiped on you. You don't have to do much to impress them except show up. That's it. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I don't care. I mean, for me, it's just like, even if you're like, Hey, how you doing? Like, I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Someone, someone actually wrote back to me like, and then I can do my opening line or whatever. Like, yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. When, like once somebody is engaged, then I think it's time to like put a little effort into your texting game, but like the opening line is like, whatever. So yeah, I have a lot of friends who don't like it for that reason. That said, it's, I think among my female friends, maybe tied for first place in usage that Bumble and Hinge come up a lot uh, in mm-hmm. my friend group, at least I, right. I don't have a t- poly friends. I actually got all of them on, on field just to like explore it and try it. And they've actually had some interesting experiences there too. Um, but I think ultimately most of them want something a little bit more 
traditional. And so they're, they're kind of all back to um, hinge and bumble. But if I was to like, from my experience on bumble, I hated bumble one. I didn't want to pay for anything. So, you know, I, I didn't pay for anything extra. So I got the no frills version. Um, but two, like, I don't know. I felt like if I'm honest, the guys on there just were just like, oh, depressing. So, so depressing. Um, like sad. I, I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to describe myself. I, what I didn't like about Bumble was I felt like it reflected a version of me that I didn't like because mm. the guys that were available on Bumble. First, it's harder to like switch, you know, on now today I want girls and today I want guys. It's a little harder to do that on Bumble. Um, so it's not as friendly to um, heteroflexibility. Right. <laughs> um, it is and, definitely more traditional. Yeah. And the guys that I found on there were sad sack, you know, middle-aged divorcees, out of shape, not not holding it together like guys who look weather beaten you know they they haven't taken care of their skin they haven't taken care of their body and not to be shallow but like hi like i'm looking at you through a visual medium just as i would in a bar to decide do i want to cross the room to talk to this person or do i want to like give the signals to make this person cross the room and talk to me it is visual i and i'm not apologetic about the fact that like when it comes to apps i have a bit of a shallow approach i swipe on who looks good and then i read because if i'm not attracted to you like you could be a sweetie pie and have a lot in common with me but i'm not going to want to fuck you and that's going to be a bummer for both of us and i have plenty of friends so i'm not looking for friends I don't mind becoming friends with somebody, but I'm, it's not something I'm, I, I, you know, have a lack of. So I'm, I look based on looks and the guys that I saw in Bumble, they're just like, oh God, is that what, what is available to me as a woman in my forties? Oh, you know, I'm not like a gym rat by any standard, but I kind of held it together. Can't, I, I want somebody else who kind of held it together. I want somebody else who looks good. And I don't want to feel like I'm out on a date with my dad. My guys look terrible. They look terrible. We should talk about that. One of the weirdest things about like dating in at our age is like some people look amazing and some people I'm like, holy shit, you cannot be my same age. Right? Right? I mean, oh my I'm god. Like, yes, I'm like this and and even even discounting the fact that like some people definitely lie on their profiles and make their age younger, which we could also talk about that. Yeah, I I don't do that. But still it's like I there's no way in hell that you're we should also talk about class and dating too. Like it's oh, like this weird thing too. Like I think, uh, I think that's a great topic for us to get into, which is age. Like demo, we'll call it demographics. Um, exactly. Age, yeah. Class, dating, dating demographics. Yes, age and class are are definitely a thing. I w- I remember being really nervous when I joined the dating pool a few years ago, and I was like, oh my god, I'm 45. Like nobody's gonna want to date me. Thank God for MILF culture. Thank God. I am getting hit up by guys as young as 19. I shit you not. Like I believe it. It's it's awesome. Now, I don't want them to fetishize me, but I don't mind leveraging that like older lady fantasy and using that as a way to 
get to know a person. Like if they're attracted to me because they're like, oh, she's older and she's, you know, like a hot MILF kind of chick. Fine. I don't have kids. That's why I'm actually this hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now there are actually, there are smoking hot moms out there. There are, there are. Um, but but yeah. right. It does, it does work again. I mean, I don't know. Cause yeah, we don't, we don't fetishize the mom bod. I mean, thank God for dad bod for myself. Yeah. My, my no, time I, I has come, but yes. The MILF thing is a fetishization of the mom bod in a way. Sort of. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's also the, like, what is it? The, the, the BBW, like beautiful yeah. big woman or something like that. Yeah. Like, um, there's, there's that, there's that whole thing too. Yeah. Um, look, there, there are, there are, they, I used to say there are, there's a lid for every pot. There's many lids that fit many pots. This um, is true. Whatever, whatever you need and want, whatever your flavor is, it's out there. But I think like, yeah, getting back to, to Bumble, I found that Bumble bummed, Bumble bummed me out because the guys on there just looked so haggard and tired and old. And their their profiles were just like these cliche shit. Like, you know, I want somebody I can laugh with and like somebody who likes to, you know, fine wine. And I'm like, fine wine? What the fuck? Like, that's right. Oh, long walks on the beach. And I, it just felt like, like a Hallmark card version of what you think a woman wants and mm-hmm. just no personality. I, I felt like guys are trying to be something that, that they think women want on there. And it just looks like a whole bunch of bumming, bumming me out bullshit. So Bumble for me gets a is thumbs, a thumbs down. down. Uh, I will agree that uh, there are a lot of like yoga moms who like to talk about things like skiing and hedge funds on Bumble and things that are like, uh, uh, like I, yeah, so I, I, I don't get it a lot of matches and I don't do a lot of matching on there. Like it just, that's, you know, that's. Okay. So are we agreed? Bumble is for basic bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, I'm not quite ready to throw in the towel on, on Bumble yet. I mean, I, I think I have found one or two interesting people on there, but it is definitely needle in a haystack. Not as much as some of the other apps, which we'll get into in other times, but man, Yes. Okay. So thumbs right. down for me and a, a thumb and, sideways for And a for thumb you, sideways for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to get into our next segment. It's one of my favorite things to give as a gift, unsolicited advice. At the end of every episode, we're going to give you one piece of really useful unsolicited advice. Take it, use it, or don't. All you. So today's unsolicited advice is going to be about opening lines. What is the first thing that you write when you match with somebody on one of these dumb dating apps? So I'm going to open up the floor to you, Ducky. Take it away. Jeez. I mean, I have, I always try to find something in a picture or their profile or, and this is why like something like OkCupid that has a lot of writing in it is often helpful. Some connection, something that like seems like I know who you are, that there's some connection beyond you're hot. You know, I want to sleep with you or whatever. I mean, I'm assuming that by swiping right, I'm already giving that signal. So the next thing is like, okay, what's, you know, 
how do I break through into, you know, the, this next level of you bothering to look at my picture? Okay, so your advice to men looking for women is to spend some time reading the profile and comment on something that comment on you in the profile. On something, right. Just not like, you know, hey, girl, hey, hey, ladies, you know, like, oh, you're hot. That's how I feel like I because when I get like, hey, handsome or that kind of stuff, like I, it's almost like a joke. What are you up to this weekend? Like these super generic things. It's like, ugh, come on. Like you're like, you're not even trying. I guess I, I appreciate like a modicum of effort. I don't want a fucking paragraph. I want three, like two to three lines opener that like says like, hey, you, you I want a tweet's worth of something. Okay. So 140 characters that make it feel like they have done more than just like your pretty face. Right. Now, granted, I am a man. And if someone's super hot swiped on me <laughs> and just said, you know, guy, you know, what's up? <laughs> I would I would I write back 100 percent? I totally would. Uh, in fact, I did that last night with uh, someone super cute. <laughs> but as a man, you got to up your game. Because women are getting, women get dozens, if not hundreds of likes a day. So you gotta like, most of the like, I don't see likes people, you know, they get a lot of messages and it's like, okay, you gotta do something to kind of differentiate yourself there. That's my feeling. Okay. I have 180 degrees opposite advice. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you should. But, uh, but again, it, I'm, coming, I'm coming to this uh, from the perspective of a woman who's swiping for men and women and sometimes couples. So if you are a woman swiping on those things, this advice might work for you. I got really tired and exhausted of the having to like dig through the profile and like find something interesting to write about. And if I'm honest, like the reason that I swiped on them was mostly because of how they looked. And so it feels a little disingenuous to me to be like, oh, you mentioned scuba diving. I, I'm scuba certified. Like, that's a cool thing for us to talk about when we have our first video date. It's not going to necessarily make you interested in talking with me. If I'm honest with myself, your interest level in talking with me is going to be pretty much relative to how hot you find me or not. If you don't find me attractive, I can have the most clever thing to say to you and it's not going to fucking matter. And if you find me attractive... I could pretty much say anything and you'll start talking to me. And I'd rather save all my wittiness for when we actually have a conversation. So what I have done is come up with what I think is the most brilliant question that a person could ask on this. And that is, how's your apocalypse going? That's it. That's all I do. I, I have that basically, I cut and paste it and I say it to everyone I match with. It is my opening line. And for me, it says a couple things. It says, one, I'm kind of sarcastic and funny. Those are both true. Two, I may or may not have read your profile, but obviously I found you attractive because I'm saying something to you. And three, I'm referring to this current time as an apocalypse as a kind of a dark humor, which I'm into. And mentioning that like the, I take the pan, it kind of says a lot of things between the lines. It says, I take the pandemic seriously. Up until recently, it was a commentary on our current administration. But you know, like the sky was a different fucking color for several days in a row this year. I still stand by the fact that even though we've got a new president, 
we still might be in the middle of the apocalypse. It's just a slow roll. So it, I, I, it's my kind of dark gallows humor coming out. And if people respond to that, cool. And if they don't, I haven't wasted any time. So if you're lazy like me, come up with one great question and just ask it over and over and over and see what happens. I will caveat this and say that, sure, that will definitely work for you. You are also like a beautiful woman. I feel like I need that like extra, like me as a schlubby middle-aged guy. Like I need like something but that you, might make you look twice at me. Yeah. It's like, oh, I mean, this, this guy is yeah. eh, like, if I'm on, like, if someone's like on the fence with okay, me first, and first, let me, let me thank you for the compliment. Thank you. But also, let me say, you're not a schlebby middle-aged guy. You're a cool, hip, designer middle-aged guy. This is true. It's a different kind of thing. It's a different and I thing. will thank you for that compliment as well. But I'm, uh, but, but what I'm saying is, like, I feel like that the the text message is like your one shot. Like, if someone's like wavering, like, uh, is this guy cute or not? I yeah, I guess I guess I mean, your mileage may vary. So I guess it depends. It depends. But should, I, I'd be curious. We should, we should test this and see how effective it is somehow. We could do A-B okay. testing on see what the hit rate is. Well, okay. How about this? I will, for the next week, I will respond with a thoughtful, I will have an opening salvo that's a thoughtful response to something I read in a person's bio. And you try, how's your apocalypse going? Just that. Okay. And we'll see how many, how, how our hit rates um, improve or decline in terms of just how many people respond back. That's it. That's our only metric. Okay. So, so I, now, I will to make, to challenge it, accepted. To keep it clear though, we're only going to do this with people who we've matched with, right? So like if you've matched with a person and you, th this is your opening line with a match. Mm, okay. This is not your. This is not your opening line for a like. Correct. For... This is an opening line for a match. Okay. Because here's another thing. I actually do not even talk to people who I haven't matched with on any app. I think, but I think this is also another woman versus man divide. Okay. okay, which may be a thing, but to keep the parameters of our experiment. Yes. How about trying only that line? With I will try only that line for matches and we'll report back our, on okay. our next episode. All right, on our next episode. Okay, that's a cliffhanger. We're going to leave it there and hopefully have you listen in for next round of this misadventure in dating. Thanks for listening. I'm Ducky. I'm Andy. We'll see you and next we'll see you next time on Generation X. Generation X. <laughs>